Hi, I'm Reti. Hi, and I'm Sakina. Welcome to Two Sports in Britain. This is the podcast where two longtime friends share our experiences with each other as Singaporean transplants to Britain and also practice British accents. Today, we're going to share our reflections on fasting. As we know, it's been almost a week since Ramadan has come to an end. Eat Mubarak Sakina. We are both very matchy matchy. I really like it so much. <laughs> it's so green and it fits the um, you know, Hari Raya theme. Thank you so much, Reti, for your um greetings. And I'm also taking this opportunity to wish all of you as tuning in Eat Mubarak and you know for Malays and people you know in Malaysia, Indonesia and Singapore. Selamat Hari Raya! Or Salam Lebaran, you know, some Indonesians say Salam Lebaran as well. So, um, yeah, today um, our uh, topic, you know, for our podcast is reflections um, during Ramadan, right? So, we'll be obviously talking about our reflections and our experiencing during this fasting month. And the reason why it says our Ramadan reflections because you know our dear Reiti here has voluntarily fasted weekly on Sundays. You know, on there are actually about three occasions, right, Reiti, where we actually recorded our podcast and you were fasting in solidarity with me. So you know, she has um overall fasted four Sundays in total, and uh, I really want to take this time, you know, to really hear your experiences, and I would like you to also share with our viewers tuning in how has it been for you. Yeah, um, so generally, it's been very enlightening. Um, I started out like just wanting to show solidarity with you. Like, I know you can't talk, so I don't want to reach out for a bottle of water when I know you can't be reaching out for a bottle of water as well. And also, I didn't want to make you record the podcast and talk even more when I know that you can't uh, drink water. So instead of just making you talk, I also decided I should not be uh, able to drink water as well. Yeah, so that's, that was like the rationale for me wanting to do this. But overall, I would say it's been very, um, it was a good experience overall. Yeah, so I can maybe just share with you how I like prepared for my fasting days first and then share the reflections later on. Yeah, so um, just for preparation, I put away all my food and drink utensils just so I won't be tempted, especially for the first week, just because since I'm like totally new to fasting. So that's what I did. Um, but anyway, I'm usually rarely tempted by food. So if I'm not in the mood to eat something, I won't be eating it. And if people wanted to offer me and try to entice me to eat something, if I really don't want to, I won't. Yes. So I felt like I think I'm mentally strong enough to resist food and I think I was like quite successful most of the time. Yeah. So in general, um I just ate more for breakfast. So like instead of just maybe having two slices of kaya toast, I had also two eggs. Or like if I had um citrus cake that I, I baked, I would have two slices of it. Usually I'll just have one and something else. I'll have two slices and maybe a banana. So like just supplement it a little bit more and also so throughout the weeks I think I stopped eating from 8 and I had dinner at 8.30 or 8.40 towards the end because the sun got set later towards the later weeks plus I'm in, I'm in the north so my sun sets 10 minutes later than London yeah. yeah so I think I did not get tempted like you know I have a whole range of beautiful biscuits behind me but I don't think I got tempted by them at all I mean because they are behind me right I can't see them so out of sight out of mind <laughs> yeah so I think I managed to keep to 13 hours roughly every week so 
Yay! <laughs> wow! So, 13-hour fast is really an achievement, Rati. I mean, honestly, that's around the same number of hours that our friends and our, you know, my family back at home in Singapore fast. That, that's like, wow, that's almost like you can actually fast when you're back in Singapore and that's great. But the only difficulty maybe is the hot and humid weather in Singapore. So, I mean, like, I don't know if you might find that quite challenging as well, you know, because obviously the weather in UK is, you know, quite cool right now. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask a few questions, Reiti. So, um, is this your first time fasting ever in your life? And honestly, what are your thoughts and reflections? Um, I mean, like, I see that you have prepared really well, you know, by eating a lot more during breakfast and you consciously try to wake up to eat, right? Because some people are just like, oh, I'm too lazy, just to fast, you know, but yeah, so I just want to know, like, was it, like, really a challenge for you? And, you know, what are your reflections, you know, from your experiences? Mm, yes, it's my first time fasting. And also, yes, I need to try the Singapore one. I wonder, I think I will be less successful in Singapore. But we'll see. <laughs> we will find an opportunity to do that in Singapore next time. Yeah, so, um, like I said, it's my first time. And each week, I actually wrote down notes in our Google Doc. Um, you have already read them. They're like mini diary entries. And I wrote them like as um, the day was happening because I know I will forget it like end of week four. So every week, yeah. I wrote like some quick notes. Yeah, so I can share four areas of reflections and thoughts. And I'll be happy to hear your comments in between. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, the first reflection, I think this is the most like major one. Um, it's about privilege. So during the first week, I realized like what privilege I have that I can just turn around and chew on a biscuit every time I felt hungry or bored. Like what privilege I can be feeling bored when in especially in this time of uncertainty, while other people may be like struggling to survive. And also what riches I had, right? That I could afford to bring home all of those packets of biscuits with me instead of just the more essential items, right? Yeah, like vegetables and, you know, more nutritious stuff because honestly, biscuits are not really, new, um, like, not essential, right? They're more like just um, snacks and not sustenance. Um, but the third week, this boredom issue cropped up. So I had, like, set something to do that day, but I was just so restless and I could not deal with it. I napped in the hope that it would make me feel less um, restless, but it didn't work. So that was the first week. I really felt like turning to my biscuits just for something to do, mm. just so that I'm less bored and less listless. Yeah, and fortunately, we had our podcasting um, that week. So talking to you perked up my mood a lot more. So thank you very much. <laughs> And after that, um, I went back to my research data. So I was doing something else, right? So I went back to research data and I sought solace from it. And oh, I was very happy looking at my data. So, you know, my data is my most constant comfort now. I'm not sure if that's a very good thing, but it provided me comfort that day. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I really like your very first point about privilege, uh, Reiti. So thank you so much for sharing that reflection because I think that probably, you know, it's also a reminder for all of us. I mean, Ramadan has just left us a week ago, but it's always, always easy to return back to our normal um, kind of routine. I guess like for me, you know, um, the moment, you know, we celebrate Eid and, you know, in Singapore, you know, we celebrate Eid at least, you know, a few weeks. Like we're always like visiting 
friends and family and there's always going to be food so i think this is definitely a good reminder at this point in time you know especially now during covid season as well to really think about the privileges that we had like you mentioned that you know if you can afford to just buy snacks you know many people who are struggling, they can barely actually afford to have desserts, last snacks and stuff like that. So thank you so much for that, Reti. So um, there's also another point that you mentioned, which is about the, the correlation between um, feeling bored and wanting to feel that boredom, right? By snacking and munching on something. So it just um, relates to what actually fasting month, what fasting month is actually about, you know, for Muslims observing the fast, which is, you know, when you actually fast, you're actually abstaining, obviously abstain from food and drink and also, you know, sexual relations and stuff like that. So it's anything to do with base desire that you abstain yourself from during those hours of fasting. So it's actually a way to quieten those desires so that we can actually focus on working our, on our relationship and connection with God and to develop, you know, that level of God, God consciousness. So I guess, um, you know, that, that's, that's a good correlation that you mentioned that because, you know, when we're not fasting, it's like, you know, you, you tend to feel bored and then you act on those, you know, on your impulses and just like eat, you know. So I guess fasting is also a good way to train ourselves, I guess, you know, um, you know, train ourselves because sometimes we just want things excessively and not necessarily because we are hungry. So yeah, I'm glad that, you know, uh, you know, you mentioned that. And, you know, you were talking about uh, you went back to plunging into your data. That's so, you know, I'm really glad that our podcast really perked you up. And I guess, you know, we can find ways to, you know, regain back our energy, you know, um, and to feel that, you know, boredom and spaces of time. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, like I said, so thank you for brightening up my day that day. Yeah, I'll just move on to the next reflection. So that was one I also thought of in week one, and that's on mindful eating. So for a while now, but especially that first day of fasting, I've been wanting to practice more mindful eating because I had realized that me eating while watching a YouTube video has led me to not register what my food tastes like. So I thought, okay, maybe I should switch to like just listening to something while eating my food, just so that at least my eyes are still on my food, so I can concentrate on my food. But um. No, I'm sorry to report that I still am just watching YouTube videos. And so my compromise now is, is that I will stare at my food and really like mindfully eat for maybe 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I re- know what it tastes like. I remember what it tastes like. And then I resume watching videos. But I promise I will work on it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Richie, for this point. You know, uh, I'm so glad that you mentioned about mindful eating because that's definitely a topic we can talk more about in our future podcast episodes especially when we want to talk more about mindfulness and mental health and it's also in relation to food right like how do we mindfully eat because I don't often hear somebody say that okay I want to mindfully eat I think the last time I actually heard somebody talking about this was back in my secondary school where somebody was saying that you know this person that I know he would chew on his food really slowly and he would eat really slowly like it would take him at least like what 20 minutes like a really long time to really complete a meal and I, I remember feeling really um inspired by that because you know right I mean like I think whatever that you're, you're sharing you're not alone in this reality because I think it is a very modern way of enjoying meals since the advent of tv and internet television obviously you know youtube we have netflix and, and all this stuff and honestly I mean 
even when you're saying that, I, I'm that person as well because every single time I want to have a meal, there's always a screen. You know, even when I'm with my husband, even when I'm back at home, my family, there's always a screen that accompany our meals. And I think once in a while, we would have meals, meals like with friends and, you know, other people without screen. But if, let's say, you're alone, I think this also relates to, like, living abroad, right? Um, living alone, because I feel that I do that a lot more when I'm alone. Because if I'm with other people, there's a lesser tendency for me to look at screen. I don't know about you, Rachel, but this is like what I'm, 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 I'm just like, you know, sharing my um, experiences. And, you know, the, the time when I did my master's um, in Birmingham, I think we talked about it in episode three, was it? If you're interested, yeah, you can watch in one of our episodes, we will include somewhere. Yeah, so uh, when, I was, uh, when I was doing my master's in Birmingham, right, and I realized this, that I never have, I watched so many shows, right, like when I'm having my meals. And I'm really thinking, it's just a filler, like it becomes a normal, a normal thing to do, which is like every time we eat something, we have to be engaged and entertained. And I like your point so much, like why can't we just sit with our food and just really know what we're eating and really chewing and then swallowing really slowly. Yeah, I really need to work on that as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, since you mentioned this point, I, I do think a lot of Muslims um, kind of like maybe unconsciously or subconsciously practice mindful eating. And, um, I mean, for me at least, like, I do practice mindful eating during the early morning when I eat because I really just like eat and really chew and like, okay, this is what it tastes like. Oh, this is bland or this is what, you know what? Because, because maybe I'm just really tired, but I wasn't like conscious or intentional about it. But yeah, I mean, it's a very good point, you know, that you mentioned this. I think I should remember to be more mindful because, you know, even when I want to break my fast, like the moment that it's breakfast time, oh, let's eat because you're just so hungry, right? And you just like down it so fast. And um, every time you eat a little bit already, you're full. So I guess I wasn't really that mindful. So it's a very good reflection, Rachie. So yeah, I think we can benefit more from, you know, mindfully eating our food. So um, anyway, Riti, um, speaking about, you know, breaking fast and everything, I mean, I have a question for you. Have you ever broke your fast with a date before? Because, you know, this, you know, like breaking fast with a date is actually a prophetic tradition. You know, a lot of Muslims, you know, have dates, you know, like uh, uh, to actually accompany that. It's like their first bite after they break their fast. You know, you drink water and then you have, a, you know, like maybe one or two dates. I'm just curious if you've done that before. Mm. Yeah, okay, I'll just uh, comment on something you said previously. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine eating at like 2-3 a.m. But I definitely need to try eating doing that once also. <laughs> yeah, so I have an interesting story about the date. So I've gone to Simpang Badok for dinner once during Ramadan. And the restaurant serves me and my family dates as well. And also we just waited for like our neighboring tables to be ready to eat before we proceeded to eat. And we also ate the dates first before meals so yes i have broken fast with the day before just not presently <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'll move on to my third reflection um it's about thirst so um my hunger levels were fine i mean it was manageable 
and my stomach orchestra, uh, shout out to my secondary school friend for finding that term. Uh, it only like started making the noise um, in the last week of fasting. Yeah, so the first three weeks, it was quiet. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't realize how uh, the thirst was really much more, um, yeah, that was unexpected. So I uh, forgot actually at the start of week two about the thirst bit, but oh, I quickly soon remembered, you know. Mm. Also, it made me realize just how much water I actually drink on an everyday basis, whether it's coffee or tea or just warm water, which by the way, my British and European friends are horrified at the idea of warm water. They don't understand why I drink it. I tell them because I'm perpetually cold. I don't know, I don't understand why they are so horrified for. It's like just lukewarm tea without the tea flavoring. And so I really like to taunt them with it. <laughs> and just like every so often, I'm drinking my delicious warm water. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is very interesting because I've always thought that British people like their tea. <laughs> yeah, but hot tea, not warm lukewarm <laughs> room temperature. Oh, I see. That's yeah. interesting. Because like, even if like you have hot tea, you're going to wait for it to become a little bit more cooler, right? That's kind of lukewarm mm. temperature. So that's a very interesting phenomenon. But I never really, I uh, never really, never really got that. But okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, you, you talked about thirst. Um. Yeah, definitely. I think thirst is one of the, bigger challenges of fasting I would say I mean like we can always do without food right but I mean like you need water every time I mean like especially somebody who likes to drink coffee you like to drink coffee and tea yes yeah yeah and I guess this is very interesting because every time there's Ramadan right I've always see like a group of Muslims you know maybe on social media you know talking about oh goodbye coffee you know because because you know like some people are so used to having coffee like throughout the day like you need it in the morning you need it in the afternoon after lunch you, you need it in the you know like in the evening time or late afternoon time so yeah I guess for me I just drink a lot of water and this is a very interesting story because I just had this conversation with my friend like during Ramadan like I was telling her that you know one of the biggest challenges I mean bigger challenges is obviously being thirsty right so because we know that we're going to be thirsty we overcompensate it by drinking a lot during our pre-dawn meal so now the struggle with that is that the, because I drink so much the moment that you know it hit it's time for me to start fasting i will be so full and I, I will tell my husband that you know what i have like like water coma right now you know i feel like i'm pregnant like pregnant with water like i can't move and you know like obviously when you start start you know eating uh, at three o'clock and stuff and then you want to go back to sleeping right I spent at least one hour just going to the toilet at least two times or more, like just peeing everything I, I drink. So, and I'm thinking, I'm sure I'm not the only one. And then I was sharing this with my friend. He's like, oh my God, me too. Like I spent so much time during that first hour after you start fasting, just peeing everything you drink. And then, and then recently, right, I was looking at like Twitter, um, on amalia.com is a very good platform uh, if you want to know about like muslim issues and uh, and muslim experiences in britain and then like i saw like one of the tweets was like oh like you know ramadan is really about peeing you know you just want to go and sleep and then suddenly oh i have to go to the toilet you know it's like sometimes i'm thinking what's the point that i drink i fill up my tank so full 
just to go to the toilet, you know, like my, my as well, I just drink like maybe two cups or three cups and not more, like maybe two cups maximum and not more so that I can just sleep and I'm just going to get thirsty anyway. So just deal with it, right? So yeah, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, this is, I'm pretty sure that, you know, a lot of Muslims experience this. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. It made me laugh. It's a very nice story. <laughs> yeah, so let me move on to my last reflection. It's about charity. So I also know that during Ramadan, you are supposed to think more about the community as a whole, right? Like what you can do to help others that are in need. I think the term is zakat. Am I right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it happened that Ramadan occurred like while we are all in lockdown and there were more calls to action to ask people to chip in to help causes if they could. And so I did donate to more causes this month as well. Um, thank you, Singapore government, for giving us some money that I could then decide to give to others. So I kind of fulfilled that aspect of Ramadan also. That was unexpected. I totally didn't go into this thinking that I could do that. <laughs> But yeah, I did. <laughs> wow, I, I just want to say that I'm really impressed, Richie, that you know the term zakat because I mean that's very impressive to me because not many non-Muslims know about it. So I mean, for those tuning in, zakat basically means an um, obligatory tax. It's like a welfare tax system in the Muslim community because you know that's actually one of our our main pillars of Islam. Like you know, like our other pillars, obviously, is Ramadan, fasting in Ramadan. You know you know, praying to God, you know, like believing. Yeah, I mean, like we do have a few pillars of Islam and one of that is actually zakat. It's actually obligatory, like for those who can afford and you earn, you know, like more than a certain threshold, it's like a, you know, like a a, a, a welfare uh, system, a tax system, right? So actually there's two kinds of zakat. The first zakat is like the obligatory one that is like on a yearly basis, right? So you look at how much income you have at the end of that year and then you can choose any day at the end of the year and then you actually um take 2.5 percent of it and actually like donate it to you know like maybe an organization or a family or whatever it is that you, you think need need that money and then there's also another zakat which is the zakat uh fitra zakat, um, during um you know eid which is actually we want to give back um, to some people, you know, who probably need that money during this time. So usually people do it during the Ramadan time. So you're right to say that um, it is indeed, you know, a month of giving. Um, I guess even if, if, you know, like, I mean, putting zakat aside, like I think Ramadan is really a month, a month of giving anyway, because um, there's a lot of um, emphasis, you know, about community and, you know, like fostering that spirit of brotherhood and sisterhood, you know, and stuff. So I'm really happy that, you know, you actually did that. And that's really nice of you. And may the universe return you in abundance of generosity and kindness, you know, for your justice. <laughs> Thank you for your blessing. Um, I appreciate it. By the way, um, just one quick point. So I know the term zakat only because um, I had been Googling like sunset time today. Uh, uh, fasting related things and so one of the like Muslim websites that I came across yeah they talked about zakat yeah so I didn't like know it for very long I only knew it in this past month yeah. oh wow, that's great so I guess like the, you know I guess google I mean nowadays like you know you can just google something and then they will just throw ads like other related ads in your way so yeah mm. so that's, that's brilliant um, anyway you mentioned about government giving money 
thank you government <laughs> government right they like the word play for giving us the money uh, i mean uh, i mean i hopefully it benefits those you know who really need it yeah so anyway i just want to talk a little bit more about um this community aspect uh because you mentioned you mentioned charity and you mentioned like you know it's about helping other people in need yeah so basically um you know during ramadan like this whole communal um aspect is actually one of the most important things like you know like uh is actually like i said just now is heavily emphasized you know in islam and you're supposed to spend the time also with other people you know like breaking fast together doing congregational prayers so there's a lot of like community based things so um you know because right now with the covid period and everything like obviously we can't have the community community experience which is quite sad because you know um i think every single year i think people are so used to going to the mosque and you know here in the uk you know um, mosques have been closed you know ever since like probably early april so like for some people and i've heard like some muslims sharing their experiences it is actually their first ramadan in a very long time where they actually spend it in you know at home you know not meeting other people except their family members so um Yeah so it's it's definitely a very different um Ramadan so i guess for me i want to redeem that and hopefully next year i can actually get that in london you know and meeting you know different communities as well and you know like my experiences in singapore has been really uh amazing for the past few years as well because you know every ramadan there's always this community element where you know you break fast you know with marginalized communities or you break fast with other like you know um religious groups that we invite like non-muslims and maybe like you know our you know brothers and sisters from the christian faith or the jewish faith or like buddhist and taoist and hindu you know we have that kind of uh, really beautiful um you know a meal together right so i guess you know that's something that always have a special place in my in, in my heart when it comes to ramadan and i think it's just something so beautiful about just eating together and then after that you know you have conversations and get to know each other and then after that we just you know stand you know in line to like pray to god in congregation and you know some people just do night prayers um you know uh it's called tarawih and you know a lot of muslims you know after they break their fast they will do their evening prayers they are their obligatory one and then they do the recommended one in rec- um, in congregation in mosque as well so um it's really nice because you know like um the person leading the prayer would read like you know like different parts of the quran and they try to actually finish the quran within that one month as well so yeah um yeah i guess i guess for me it's also a very different um experience but i guess even without the community aspect you know i think that ramadan is really about just building a connection um with god and of course you know if you live with your family members then you know you try to uh also you know do good you know to each other during the month yeah and also to continue continue that during the you know next during the remaining year actually yeah so um speaking about community rate now i'm going to ask you a question like do you are you open to attending um iftar events you know um they are open to like members of the public and non muslims you know um and i'm also really curious because you mentioned that you know um there were some parts that were challenging right like waking up you know to for your pre-dawn meal and also the you know the thirst part like do you think that if somebody else fasted with you or maybe somebody from your 
you know, maybe you're a friend or maybe like a family member fasted with you, would that have made it easier for you? Because you're doing it on your own, right? So, yeah, I'm just really curious. Hmm. <clears throat> yes. Um, so let me just answer the quick question uh, about whether I want to attend. I will be open to attending Iftar events. Yes, definitely. I have a lot of akan datang things, eh? Oh, akan datang means coming soon. Uh, so number one, I need to fast in Singapore. Number two, I need to break fast with a date, uh, both the human and a, a fruit. Um, number three, attend a nifta event. Yeah. Um. So the last question about like fasting with someone else, I think it's a good question. Um. I'm not sure really because I have a feeling uh, there won't be much difference is just that at the end of the day I get that communal breakfasting that mm -hmm. used it so maybe it may be good just because the ending then there's like somebody to share the you know uh, you finally it's like a ritual of sorts right so you you yeah. and the other people that took part together uh, can now come together and enjoy the food and hopefully mindfully eat huh uh, yeah, call back to our earlier point <laughs> yeah i mean like it's very interesting that you say that because for me right it really does have a difference because on non-ramadan days uh when i want to fast right like um it's sometimes i find it challenging if you're the owner because in singapore like the food is such a central thing and then sometimes your colleagues will be like oh today let's go to this particular place to have lunch it's like wow you know i'm like fasting today like sometimes i find that when you have an another comrade another person who fasts like oh let's fast together like you know in a workplace it just makes things easier and actually it's very interesting because um like i was like you know in london i was working as well right uh, i mean like since winter last year and then i remember i had to like pay back you know some of my fasts that I missed during the last Ramadan. And then like, I remember asking some colleagues, hey, let's fast together so that it's, you know, it's like, you feel like there's this sense of solidarity. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like some, somehow, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting because like, it happened quite a lot. Like even if some of my friends back in Singapore, oh, let's fast together. Okay, let's fast together. Or like maybe my sisters is like, okay, let's fast today. So that it, it feels like you're not alone in it. Yeah, I don't know because I I'm 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 saying this of course, uh, I'm thinking a lot. I have quite a few people in mind. I'm thinking about like people like you who are trying out fasting for the first time. I'm also thinking about some of the Muslim reverts who are also fasting. You know, like and they are the only one in their family who do that, right? So yeah, so I actually have these people in 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 my mind, and I just want to say kudos to all of you out there and I understand the struggles of like doing it sometimes on your own or those people living alone I mean of course like for some Muslims they're used to it but I'm talking about people who've never done it before right so I don't know but you mentioned that there won't be much difference so maybe because I'm saying this from my own experiences that then I apply it to your experience so maybe yeah maybe because I've already experienced that communal solidarity bit then I think that it might be a struggle, but maybe that's not really the case. But yeah, but anyway, thanks for sharing. I think maybe it's the timing. So because it was Ramadan that I was fasting, and I felt like even if I'm alone in this, how many other million people are doing it at the same time? Mm. But like you said, if I'm doing it randomly on a winter's day, I'm not so sure whether I'll be like yeah. so happily fasting as I was. Happily, I mean, yeah. happy, but you know. <laughs> I get what you mean. It's like this sense of, have, um, of imagined community, 
like out there who's also with you and in this together so yeah it's nice yeah so i can ask you a question now uh, because mm. that's like the major part of ramadan right um which is the religion aspect so i can't speak so much since i'm not religious i'm not a muslim and i'm not religious anyway yeah mm. so i would like to ask what your faith journey was like this month mm. Well, there's actually a lot of things to say when it comes to like, the faith aspect. Um, I guess like when it comes to Ramadan, of course, like um, obviously that's that that faith aspect is like the most important thing, right? Like you just kind of like reconnect your re- your relationship with God. Like you kind of recalibrate, you know, where you are now. You know, what are your goals and stuff like that, right? Um, yeah, there's a lot of like benefits also during this month when you do good deeds and when you you do a lot more worship and stuff like that. Right. So um, I guess for me, um, for for many, many, for a long time, actually, I've always seen Ramadan as, first of all, the time to reflect. Uh, it's always like a month of reflection where you spend, you know, like quiet times just thinking about many things, not just really about God. I mean, of course, that's like important, but also about other things, you know, about yourself, about where you are now, about how you want to improve as a person, your morals, you know, um, your relationship with others, you know, your ambitions, your career and stuff like that. So that to me, like Ramadan is always about reflections. And secondly, Ramadan is also about community. So I guess um, this year is a very special Ramadan. And I'll always remember this Ramadan also because it's my first Ramadan as a married person, you know, it's my first Ramadan, like, that I get to share with my husband, so that's really beautiful, and also because both of us, you know, during this COVID season, we don't always have to work, so coincidentally, during that month, both of us are not working, so we (laughs) literally, like, spend every every day of each other right in lockdown so um so we get to actually do worship together we get to like help each other um in many ways and discuss a lot not just religious things but other non-religious things as well about society about community so i guess that really it, it really brings a lot ease to me because i think this is how ramadan is meant to be like you know this is one uh share uh, one religious teacher that said it so beautifully he said that this ramadan like it, it really puts god in your hearts you know because you know always like um people spend ramadan in mosques like they actually transfer where god is supposed to be like away from places of worship but really back into the hearts of the humans so i think that's so beautiful um and i really think like you know when you spend in solitude you really get to really connect as well you know internally and also um transcendently as well you know like things that are beyond yourself so yeah i think it's really beautiful um ramadan during covid period right and i i get that some people it's a challenge a struggle i get that because community is such a big thing but yeah i mean i'm really happy to say that um i think i think we should learn to balance that community aspect and that solid solitary aspects you know during ramadan as well because sometimes there's a lot of noise um and you know right now like we had that you know like a month without much of that kind of buzz it's always and in singapore right there's always this thing about during ramadan let's prepare for hari raya 
so like this, you know, people are really busy with, um, you know, their Hari Raya clothes lah, or what outfit to wear. And then some more like, we celebrate like Raya for like many weeks. So like, oh, like you need to plan your outfits. And then after that, like, got Geylang Bazaar. You know, like we have this like, a festival that is so buzzing and so oh my god it's really something that I really miss a lot as well but because like we are so consumed with those kind of consumerist kind of like um behaviors during Ramadan sometimes I think that it takes away what Ramadan is supposed to be which is really sitting with ourselves be less consumerist be more reflective you know and indeed there's this um prophetic um um tradition I mean I think there's this prophetic quote as well about how like an hour of reflection is better than many hours of like just worshipping and praying. So it really emphasized a lot on like just thinking and reflecting. And I think, yeah, that's really important for me. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I can imagine in Singapore, yeah, everybody is preparing for the next thing, right? It'll be Hari Raya and then like you said, all, all the celebratory things and oh, Geylang Sarai Bazaar. Yeah, I know. If only, if only we can go back. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm very glad to hear that it was like a lot of introspection, especially uh, during this period. So this year was, yeah, like I said, very special for you on so many accounts, right? Especially um, you have a partner that you can, you know, break fast and have the pre-dawn meal, breakfast, and worship, and pray, and introspect, mm-hmm. and reflect together. Mm-hmm. So you have, you always have somebody with you this year, and yeah, I just think it's a, it must have been a very like very nice one, mm-hmm. nice reminder. Definitely, and I think for me, I've always maintained this that I mean, like for me, I really like being on my own as well. So I guess like I'm thankful to have a partner who also enjoy his alone time so we do have like many like during the day we can have like some segment of the day like i'm in one room he's in another room we just do our own thing and then later on we come together and like we discuss things and you know worship together i think it's yeah it's really nice (laughs) um yeah yeah, it's it's good to have separate time and together time i'm very happy to be here <laughs> yeah and we'll talk we'll have a an episode in the future about you know relationships and long distance relationships as well so watch out for that you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway i just want to talk about one more thing i mean i talk a lot about the positive right and i just want to also i just thought of like also being balanced like, because that's also one thing that i spoke to like um you know a few people about during ramadan that i, I also spend some time reflecting which is really this whole notion of spiritual fatigue right so for me um well in all honesty i've never ever had a ramadan where i don't work and i don't study i i I can't think the of the last time where i had all the time for that right so like i'm always like either working while i fast like or i'm studying while i'm fasting right so it's always like in accompaniment of something that I'm doing. So because I'm not doing anything, I actually impose a lot of expectations on myself to do a lot more because I'm a full-time, you know, stay at home, you know, you can do so much things, you can do a lot more worship. So that's why I say it's spiritual fatigue because, you know, like if I keep doing that consistently every day and not taking breaks or doing other things, you know, I just feel like it's not as meaningful and i was telling somebody this that you know i think this is the whole idea of being balanced as well that's what like is being emphasized a lot in islam this uh, like i think it's also not recommended you know by the prophet that you should just 
fast and like it's not recommended that you should always read the Quran and fast like every single time because you are human and you know you're supposed to do other things as well so I guess for me like I, I try to like okay you know like manage my expectations because you know honestly it's so beautiful if like you get to work and then after that, during like some pockets of the day, you go and do your prayers. Like that moment, you know, just connecting with God is to me, it's more meaningful than, you know, like always doing it all the time. You know, it's more special when it's being done, you know, like when you're busy and then after that, you know, you just retreat into like doing other kinds of things like, you know, seeking knowledge or reading something like, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I personally like my Ramadan to be more kind of all-rounded and holistic and some something that's accompanied with work or like hobbies or whatever whatever it is that you know that brings meaning to you yeah so I guess like yeah I just coined the term spiritual fatigue because I really do think that people that, um, also experience spiritual fatigue and you just feel like it becomes so mechanical it becomes so routine how do you break out of that routine and put meaning back into it so I guess this also applies for other things, right? Like we do something, we can just do something religiously and consistently. Like maybe you just do work consistently and then like, what the hell am I doing? Like sometimes you don't know, like why am I doing this anymore? What is it? What, what meaning does that work have for you? So I guess it applies to many things, you know, how do you want to kind of like strike balance in that? Yeah, I just thought of like sharing that reflection as well. Mm, yeah, thank you Sakina for sharing that. I think it's all very meaningful. So you, like, I like the way you say, like, um, you feel like it's more, like, maybe precious mm. when you have a lot of things to do and then that time is, like, a sacred a time that you carved out of your, whatever you're doing. Yeah. And that's time for God rather than just, like you said, uh, constantly fasting, constantly uh, reading the Quran and, like, less, like, diluted, maybe. Mm. Yeah, something mm. like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think one more thing that I want to also talk about, one last thing, is because I think it ties very closely with our previous episodes. Uh, we talked about, you know, like maybe our experiences, our positive experiences, as well as our struggles living abroad. I guess for me, it is my first Ramadan being abroad. Like, I mean, I, I experienced Ramadan last year, but only just for a few weeks. And then I went back to Singapore for just the last week of Ramadan and then eat after that at home. So this is the first ever Ramadan and eat that I experienced abroad. So I guess for me, like, I was feeling a little bit anxious about how I'm going to um, respond to this because I feel like, you know, obviously Ramadan at home is really nice. Like the atmosphere. Okay, obviously the whole Geylang thing really, really is a part of it too, you know, like, you know, you meeting your friends, you're going for the bazaar, you know, it's just different vibe. And then like, eat and high raya at home is amazing. So I guess for me, um, when, when lockdown was imposed in a lot of countries, it kind of like equalizes us all in the same playing field. And I feel like, okay, like maybe it's not that bad. It kind of like, reduce that blow for me it's my first ramadan and eat abroad but because everybody is in lockdown i guess i'm not the only one that's you know like confined to you know at home i'm not the only one who needs technology because you know if it is my first ramadan and my first eat and everybody 
gets to go out and do that communal thing. Everybody gets to, you know, like visit each other. And I mean, for me, because I'm still so, I'm still in infancy stages when it comes to like finding a community and making friends, right? So it feels like, oh my God, I'm really left behind. But I mean, I know it's such a funny way of seeing lockdown, but I see it also, I mean, obviously I'm seeing this positively as a blessing in disguise for me to help me come to terms with like, you know, experiencing Ramadan and eat abroad. So yeah, hopefully I can, you know, deal with it better next year. So yeah, I just thought of sharing with you that as well. Mm, thank you very much, Sakina, for your very reflective thoughts. I like that you said, um, like, since everybody else is in lockdown, so you don't feel like you're missing out that much. And But I hope uh, for the coming years, I hope you ease into it and find it like more manageable. And, you know, you're missing the Gelang Sarai bazaars maybe in the coming years sometime. Yeah, maybe find your own Gelang Sarai bazaar in London. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also for anyone else tuning in who maybe is fasting for the first time or experiencing their first Ramadan, maybe you can share your experiences with us as well um, in the comment section below. I think on that very reflective note, uh, we will end it here. So uh, remember to like the video if you did and share it with others if you are so inclined. Uh, we are available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts and all other good platforms. Check out the description for the full list. You can follow us on Two Squaws in Britain across the board. Twitter is Two Squaws in BR. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you everyone for your time and like for those who are still celebrating Eid, Eid Mubarak! And in, for those um, Singaporeans tuning in because I know that you know they're easing the restrictions, you know you can get to eat more of the yummy Eid food for me. <laughs>